From Dragon360, this is Digital Banter, a podcast focused on modern marketing tactics and driving real business results. And now, here are your hosts, James and Zach. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet again another episode. Of course, I'm here, Zach, and we have James. Of course, you know that in our sick new intro we've been adding to our podcast. It's new to us, but you know, since it's been released, you've heard it. But new to us, so we're still geeking over it. Uh, we love it. Hope you all been enjoying. This week, we're talking about marketing attribution. Um, and to be honest with you, James and I, when we were talking about this prior, we think it's going to be more of a vent session as opposed to potentially a uh, you know full blown podcast. But we're going to try and reel it in, try and keep it to the point um, and get down and talk about it. But if it becomes a little more venty, this is just because this hits home with us almost every client call, maybe at least once a month at this point. Um, this is my least and favorite thing to talk about there's a lot to it um and i know we're going to kind of break it down we have it broken down and i think in a timeline that'll make sense for how the conversation flows but really i mean this this opens up a whole can of worms um and 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 this topic is sensitive for some potentially cmo ceos out there um demand gen people because everyone has what they want to be the right way but what we're gonna say is maybe there isn't a right way and i know when you're looking for something educational you want to know what is the golden truth that may not be the case in this one and so if we rustle your feathers by all means let us know and uh you know you can email us and and let us know why we're wrong but we're gonna go over this anyway so, you know, James, you've made this pretty clear in previous episodes, um, you know, even just us talking, but let's, let's, let's break it down into what is marketing attribution and what is the goal? Um, and, and let's keep, you know, no venting at this point, just get into what is it? Yeah. So marketing attribution, the goal of marketing attribution is to assign credit to different marketing sources based on what what drove the sale at the end of the day. That's what marketers are trying to figure out. And what marketers really struggle with is the fact that customer journeys are complex. Attribution always becomes a point of contention in my opinion when you're not hitting your numbers. Right. Yep. That's it's so funny. And that, I think that that's why this is going to turn into a little bit of a vent session. Um, I'll actually start with like a, a quick story of something that happened to me recently. And it was kind of a, a major red flag in an RFP process. So we got an RFP from an e commerce company and mm-hmm. they asked like three or four questions around what attribution model do you use? And it became very clear to me in the questions that they were asking that the previous agency wasn't hitting their numbers and was trying to use attribution models to prove their value. And the fact of the matter is is that there's a different attribution software out there for everything right now that measures a hundred different attribution models. And we'll end up going through what all of those are but I think the the big thing that marketers need to move forward and understand is that like we're all in this and we're all in this together. The goal is to drive uh, drive revenue for a company, or you know, if you do have a company that's a nonprofit or has different goals, but like ultimately the, to drive growth and who gets credit for it at the end of the day doesn't matter. Attribution software is great because it'll give you some insight into what's working and what's not working in comparison to other channels. But attribution is also built for demand capture activities. You'll always find that paid advertising has pretty good attribution for paid search and things that are bottom of the funnel where somebody already knows who your brand is, already knows what they're looking for versus the top of the funnel stuff, which at, which is where true marketing takes place where 
attribution gets lost. And what happens is, is that if you're not hitting your numbers, your CFO looks at your, your attribution reports and is like, hey, we need to spend more in branded search and retargeting. And you're like, okay, I, I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do because all we're doing is capturing people who are already searching for us, but we're not doing anything to drive new people searching for us. And that's like my biggest point of contention in marketing. And I think that where marketers get lost is they think of attribution as a way to assign credit to channels rather than information that can be used to drive strategy. Absolutely. In, in kind of what you're saying, I want to say this without, you know, again, some issues, but should you ignore any specific aspects? And I know we're going to dig into this a little bit more, but is there a level at what point you need to focus on one over the other? One over the other meaning what? Oh, essentially, like, is there an attribution model that, you know, if you are getting hounded by your CFO or let's say even your CMO that you should be looking at is at the end of the day, as opposed to looking at everything, right? Saying we have to look at this specific attribution model. Um, in theory, that's what we want, but sometimes internally, you know, companies, it's, there's not a way to, to do that because at the end of the day, their boss is telling them at the end of the day, this is what I care about. Yeah. I mean, the best practice that I always think about when setting up an attribution model or at least looking at an attribution window is mapping it to your sales cycle. Um, you know, if there are e-commerce brands that are focused on impulse purchases, they're going to have a much shorter attribution window than a B2B company, which is where it gets a lot more complex because you want to have the longest attribution windows that you can put because you have a 180 day sales cycle and you want to see all the different touch points of that customer journey. Um, but the reality again is that every system, there's a system, there's basically a model for everything depending on what you're trying to look at, but there is no right model to give credit to somebody, right? If you're trying sure. to solve an argument between marketing and sales and where revenue is coming from these attribution models give you the data that you that that is helpful and gives you the data that you need to make decisions but if you're trying to have like some sort of perfect like oh well you know facebook is going to facebook gets credit for this and paid search gets credit for this and outbound sales gets credit for this um you know, that that's just not a, a perfect situation. And at the end of the day, too, your best marketing activities typically aren't trackable. Uh, like this podcast isn't trackable. The <laughs> <laughs> anything that you post on social isn't trackable. Like, um, you know, trackability is set for. It's there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it too. I, I heard somebody give an, an awesome argument the other day around Facebook because. Facebook has the ability to let you track the performance of organic content. They purposefully choose not to so that you can get that data from ads. Yep. It's a hundred, I mean, it's a hundred percent true or else they would, they would give you that information. And it just, that, I just think that alone proves that like these attribution models are flawed. You lose one third of your data from iOS 14. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of, Again, the pieces to the puzzle are there, but it's never it's never a perfect picture. Fair enough. Well, let's dig into what the different attribution models are. And I think the one that a lot of companies will take a look at the most, and I feel like we hear quite a bit, is that you know, first click, last click, linear, um, time decay. Um, you know, those are all the different really types but last click i feel like is what we, we we see a lot because at the end of the day right what was the last thing they did that attributed to either a conversion or a sale um or a lead um but let's dig into each of them a little bit more right first click and last click i i think that's pretty self-explanatory i don't think you have to dig into that too much first click being where did they start last click where did they end 
<laughs> right? Do you want to expand on that? Or yeah, I mean, let's let's dive into a little bit of what each of these are good for because this is where I said uh-huh. one of the great things with all of the the tech platforms right now is you can flip a switch between first click, last click, linear, time decay, and you can see the difference between the two. But again, this goes back to what I was saying before. There's no perfect attribution model, but each of these have their value, right? So I'll start with last click because I hate it the most. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's just a fact because the Google and Google Analytics has created this belief of marketing leaders that last click is the correct model that you should be using last click is again like i said before heavily focused on demand capture activities so right so if you're looking at your last click report you're going to take all of your investment and invest in branded search paid search um organic and direct that's what everything gets for last click attribution where it's it's great because it'll tell you what converted. It's great for looking at things like conversion rate optimization. What are things that we can do on the UX side to improve? But ultimately, when you're looking at last click, those the sources that are coming from are people who are already ready to buy. Where first click attribution is, I think, a little bit better to look at from a marketing perspective and what's driving new customers because it's their point of origination i think just like the one thing with first click to to keep in mind is that it's not always where not it's actually not always where they originated like um you know it's it's what technology believes is the first place that they originated and i think you have that into consideration right like if your first click attribution is branded search like let me tell you this i promise you that they just didn't pull their pull your brand out of thin air and say i want to go buy something from them like there there's there's something missing in the customer journey you mean to tell me your brand isn't just known immediately they don't just immediately search your name maybe elon musk has figured that one out and we're just not all in the crazy (laughs) um all right let's get into like linear and more you know time decay yeah and Uh, these are one so it's funny these are these are attribution models that so there's two that the two in addition to first click and last click that's kind of that are the well-known ones are linear and time decay linear gives equal attribution for every step of the funnel so every step in the customer journey gets equal attribution i believe that both linear and time decay were attribution models that were built based on marketers who were looking to assign credit they were trying to say, oh, well, obviously things towards uh, either, you know, we have a very long customer journey and we find every point equally valuable. On some level, couldn't that also cause issues and disruptions, though? I mean, at, at some point, if you get equal value, what if there is a specific point in the customer journey that, that's getting this equal share, but actually it's deterring most of the other non-converters if it's yeah, getting equal attribution how do you determine where that is that's totally that's totally totally valuable where i do think that linear is a good model to look at is if you do have a very long complex customer journey and it's not and this is where it's it's not good to assign credit based on this model it's good to know that hey this step was part of the customer journey because what ends up happening so you have your first click model and your last click model and eight steps in between. And if you're looking at one of those two models, none of them actually gets credit. Where time decay is, I don't want to say, like, I personally think it's one of the best models, but at the same time, it's focused on, I think, I actually think that first click is probably the best model to look at when you're deciding where you are going to invest money. Mm-hmm. Um, because it tells the hardest thing to do is drive new customers. And that's where that focuses where time decay is saying that, Hey, over time we are going to, we're basically going to assign credit for what is the most recent and not credit for the things that were the most, the furthest way away. So in a 
long sales process, it's good because you have eight months worth of data and where they originally heard about you maybe isn't as important as the next 10 steps. But again, it is still, it leans towards last click. And I think that like, like, again, there's, there's value in it. So the value in this is like, okay, well, what are the most recent activities in this long sales cycle that are driving the most value where linear is equal last click is what is the last thing they did? And first click is how did they originate with us? And that's where looking at all of those together, comparing models, looking at, looking at it that way is using each attribution model for what it's good for is what's going to give you the best insight. Unfortunately, your finance department probably doesn't want to hear that. They just want to hear who gets credit for what, but at the same time, like, They've got to buy in and understand that we're part of this together and it really doesn't matter because the company has grown 20% in the last three months or whatever it is. For sure. Right. Sure. Well, no, I think that's a good breakdown. And at the end of the day, I think you nailed it on the head. And and this goes back to what I was saying probably, what, 10 minutes ago, is we may not be able to give you what is the right answer. And this is exactly why. Each one has their pros. Each one has their cons. And you have to use them for different reasons. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, sure, your boss may want to know ultimately what led to the sale, but as you, as a marketer, you can be more empowered and understand the entire journey and work with multiple teams of how to best optimize any sort of marketing campaign, whether it's paid organic, um, I guess not really a billboard. I was going to go old school, but I guess you could technically attribute to a billboard if, you know, if that's where, your branding starts, but uh, that's a whole nother tangent. So I think we should kind of move down the path of a lot of these different ideas. And, and one of them as well, it follows the same aspect is view through versus click through. If you were to break down essence of what each of those are, how would you do? Yeah, so kind of jumping back to some of the flaws in attribution modeling is everything is set up if you are everything is set up with the goal that you are sending people back to your website to make a purchase right and that's a major flaw in itself because there's been a shift in marketing over the real, I would say the last 2 to 3 years where a lot of things are happening on platform now yep. um we talked last week as far as taking content and bringing it to the customer rather than trying to send them to your website. And that's where view through and click through attribution. I mean, ultimately somebody still has to convert on your website, but the user journey of, Oh, in order to track it. Yes. (laughs) Um, That's, and again, that's let's, let's add that to another list of issues because if somebody who's you're nurturing through a display ABM program and your salesperson finally reaches out to them, like, no, there's no, there's no attribution for that. Um, but anyways, back to view through mm-hmm. and click through. You're measuring things that happen on your website, and click through is set up for somebody who has to have clicked on an ad and clicked through to your website from a traffic source, right? It's based on, and this, these are really ad targeting metrics. I'll, I'll use that as the example, but someone has to click to your, uh, click on your ad for them to be tracked versus view through. Someone just has to see the ad, which the reality is, is that any most top of funnel branding where you're bringing content to an individual that view through value is probably more, much more likely to happen than click through data. Click through is also, where you're going to get lost attribution a lot of time, like you have cross device things, you have the iOS issues, you have cookie related issues. There's a lot that goes into it where view through is more so measuring. Hey, did it, did you see this? And did you end up converting on the website later on? Um, now there are flaws with view through attribution too. For example, say you're running a retargeting campaign, targeting people who, uh, or shopping cart abandoners. So there's a good chunk of those people who are already going to buy anyways. And if you're tra- you're measuring using view through attribution, those users were going to, you don't know how many of those users were going to 
convert anyways. I think you see this with Facebook ads a lot where you're like, oh, we have a 10,000% return on our shopping cart abandonment campaign. It's like, well, you're targeting everybody who added something to your shopping cart and taking credit for it over a 30-day period. Or I think it's uh, it's less period than that. But still, like point being, a lot of that stuff would have happened anyways. But did it help? Yeah, probably. Um, So there's, there's a lot to dig into there. Again, is there a right answer versus click through or click through versus view through? No, you have to look at both of them together. View through is definitely something I would look at for more branding activities, and click through is be more direct response activities. But again, no right, no no real right answer. Use use the model for what it's good for. Yeah, and that brings up a good point. I'm uh, well, some aspect, right? We're, we're talking about how you have to kind of look at each of these as a subset of itself, right? View through is. You know, did they even see it? Click through, of course, click. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of people as well, if you go back to a lot of upper management wanting to know what ultimately led to the sale specifically, what did they click on last, right? It's usually the same thing. They want to know what the click through, um, typically in my experience, over a view attribute. Um, A lot of the time, I, I get a lot of people asking, you know, where did the clicks come but there are ways to look at a multi-touch attribution aspect, and it's utilizing different software. Probably the most popular, most well-known is HubSpot. They've been around for a while. They've, they have a lot of market dominance. But there are others like Marketo. Um, but I would say most of our experience and what a lot of our clients are using is HubSpot on some level. And they all do the same thing. HubSpot, Marketo, LFI. Different UI, just- yeah. Different UI, different serve, different segments of the market. Um, A lot of our clients are on HubSpot and Marketo. Those are the top two. I mean, I got somebody on uh, SAP Cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's so many of them. It's just like cell phones. They all do roughly the same thing. They just look a little different. Yeah, sure, your buddy down the road might make fun of you for using iPhone over Android or vice versa. but. At the end of the day, what is it that they do well that a lot of the channels or other analytic tools are missing? Yeah, there's a couple things. The first thing that they do well is they track a customer. Once a customer has been added to the HubSpot database or one of these tools databases, you're able to see the uh, the different pieces of content that they engage with and actually see the more more details along the customer journey. Like anything else, it's not perfect. There are going to be gaps, but you can see what are the common user paths that somebody's taking? How is our nurturing system working? And then really the most important thing that these tools do is they let you know what happens after somebody converted on your website. They take it to, you know, did this person take six months to close, three months to close? What content did they look at after that? Did they convert to a pipeline opportunity? Do you have a lead scoring system? Um, what was the, like, what was the quality of the leads that were coming through? What is the quality of the traffic that's coming through? It answers a lot of those questions for you. Now, everything in HubSpot does have a, a click-through model. So, you definitely lose track of a lot of the the branding metrics, but you do have an idea of when people are coming to you, what stage in the funnel do they fall? You definitely have a good insight into what type of content is working well for you. So I'll use like the, the, the most standard B2B example. You have content downloads, eBooks, white papers, webinars, usually top funnel leads, all the ones that the, the salespeople hate. Then you have demos and trials, which are lower in the funnel. And then you have somebody who's reaching out and wants to book a sales call. So you got three different stages of the funnel and you can see, okay, all right, we have this one ebook campaign. We have 200 people who downloaded this ebook. How many of those people converted into opportunities later on? Was that ebook valuable content? Now, what it's not going to tell you is Oh, well, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Google all contributed X, Y, Z. They try to do that, but they're not very good at it. So I would focus more when you're looking in in HubSpot is, is this offer? What offers are performing well? What offers are 
leading to pipeline opportunities, sales at the end of the day, measuring time to close, really good for that kind of stuff. Let the attribution tools in the ad platforms take credit for attribution. Is there a tool? I know we mentioned specifically, I, I guess we mentioned three, but I mean, there's tons of them. But of the two, let's say HubSpot and Marketo, is there one that you think does a better job over the other? Uh, I think HubSpot and Marketo are the best. They serve different levels of the market, and it depends on what you integrate with. Um, Pardot and Eloqua are probably the other two outside challenger. HubSpot is definitely um, more, I don't want to say SMB, but definitely for Marketo is an, an, an a more enterprise version of HubSpot. Like HubSpot, you can I would like if you're a startup, I would recommend using HubSpot. If you are a Fortune fifty million dollar company, I would say use Marketo. Yeah, no, that's very valid. Um, I can tell you, my most of my experience has been in HubSpot. Oh, it's great! It's easy to use. They're super the, easy. The one brand that has the most SEO power out of any brand in the the world probably i do want to bring something up to make it clear though if you are a startup or a small business we're not saying you have to go buy this right now keep in mind this is for when you're really oh my gosh excuse me when you're really wanting to dig into your entire marketing journey an investment into a tool like this you know, I actually don't actually know the price anymore. I know HubSpot used to be decently cheap. I know their pricing has gone up. It's gone down. They used to have a free version. Now they, I think it's only paid at this point. There's a lot to it. But just make a smart decision what you need for your business. If you're getting to the level where you're starting to invest more in your marketing, yeah, this might be a solution for you. But if you're looking to get started, looking at everything we've been talking about before of in the channel aspect, let's just talk about Google Analytics, looking at the different types of tracking, um, that right there could be enough in the beginning. So don't take it by our word that you need to go have this, uh, you know, this new program and software that you got to learn and now your attribution's all wacky. It, it takes time. So I just want to share that. You know, you don't have to have it from the beginning. Would it help? Sure. But it's not something you have to have. Um, now there's other type of software, James, incrementality software. Yeah, I'm going to group the next three items that we have together. Because the point that I want to make here is that there's a lot of marketing technology yep. out there. And everybody's fit is going to be slightly different. But there are really three things that you shouldn't sleep on. And honestly, they come from more larger enterprise models but at the end of the day don't we can't we can't sleep on them so incrementality is is the one thing so one question that we probably get from our con our points of contact more than anything is like well how much of this would have happened anyways yep. right and quite frankly like there's the data science and there's a way there's there is a way to measure that um so this is most easily done in the e-commerce space where you can run uh, a variety of different tests. You can run match market tests where you're showing, you're, you're taking two markets, say in the United States, they're similar. Um, I don't know, New York, Chicago, probably not the best example, but you're saying that we're going to run ads in one, but not in the other. And typically we get the same amount of revenue from each of those areas and let's see how much lift in revenue we get in one compared to the other. Right. And that's going to tell you, give you an idea of, okay, well, would we have gotten that revenue anyways? Are our ads actually doing anything, et cetera. Um, another way, a form of incrementality testing, a lot of the um, larger platforms have, I know Facebook has it, uh, a lot of connected TV programmatic platforms have it is holdout tests where, they're essentially doing the same thing where you're actually taking it and splitting your targeting. So you're saying, hey, you know, we are targeting XYZ market, males ages 24 to 25 who are interested in SaaS. And we're going to split that market and say, okay, 80% of that, that 
80% of those people who we were going to target, we're going to serve our ad. And 20% of those people, we are going to choose not to serve our ad, but measure against them anyways. So what you're going to find is like those people who didn't ser get served the ad, they, a percentage of them are going to have converted anyways, versus a, another segment of them that, or, or versus your, uh, your, your segment that you're targeting, and you can measure the lift and conversion rate between those two segments. So I think that that's a huge thing with like re the retargeting example that I gave before. If you're running retargeting on Facebook using shopping cart abandonment, that's an easy way to say, okay, like retargeting, yeah, we're getting a 15,000% return. But really when you add, uh, you know, we, we figured out that only 30% of that revenue is truly incremental. Then you're taking that 15% saying, okay, only 30% of that is valid. And now we know the true contribution of retargeting. Both of the, obviously there's some flaws in that too, based on technology and things like that, but it certainly gives you a much more accurate idea for when you're looking at something and you're saying, oh, hey, this might be too good to be true. Um, I would say almost anywhere where you're looking at view through attribution, mm -hmm. some sort of incrementality testing is something that you want to do. Um, the next, so that kind of sums up incrementality testing. But the next thing you really shouldn't sleep on is self-reported attribution. Like I said, there's a million different things that you just cannot track that are part of your marketing strategy. And there's, again, this is, don't go, don't get me wrong. I've been in situations where I have been listening to call recordings for uh, a, a company that we service and, the person is like, oh, I heard about you guys on television. And meanwhile, this company has never run a TV ad ever. But, you know, it, it's okay to look at that data and throw it out versus somebody who's like, oh, you know, I've been listening to your podcast. Oh, I saw your post on social or, you mm -hmm. know, those are the things that you can't track. And you can say like, oh, okay, cool. Because what you'll find is like, oh, I saw your post on social, but hey, this person's attributed came through like organic traffic, right? And it's like, okay, cool. They... Google our brand name and came to our website because they saw some content that we put somewhere else. Um, you know, review sites are another one that fall in that bucket. hundred percent, especially in the B2B space. Yeah. Software space, I should say. Yep. And then the last one is just old school media mix modeling, mm -hmm. right? You have to have a lot of data and a lot of spend in order for this to be valuable, but you know, doing, building the, the models of, how much did we spend in this channel versus what was our overall revenue impact? It's just, again, if you have all of the attribution models we talked about, you're looking at view through versus click through. And then some of the last three that I said, and you're looking at them all separately, you're going to have a very clear picture on what's working and what's not working. And to bring that back to what I kind of originally said, when you're reporting to finance, they want to know this, this becomes an issue when you're not hitting your numbers. They want to know, what's getting credit because they want to know what they can cut. But if you're providing a clear presentation of what's working and what's not working, it doesn't have to be through attribution. It can be, you know, Hey, we have the data to support this, Yep. but you know, we're not saying like, Oh, well, we're only funneling things that are last click. And that's, that's what brands really need to move away from. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to, or not back to, but to really this question, what happens if you focus on one measurement strategy, right? Going back to, if we only looked at click-through rate, or not click-through rate, excuse me, uh, last click, well, you're going to be missing everything else that led up to that point. And so when it comes down to the question of what's working, let's say that last click came through a a blog post or, a, or an ebook that's on your website, well, what brought them there, right? At the end of the day, if they first saw you from a social paid ad or let's say a Google display ad on another website, let's say Wall Street Journal, it, but they ended up clicking through the website and they found this ebook that really resonated with them and that ultimately led them to request a demo, you're not going to have all this insight as to what's working, right? So you go back to that question of what needs to be cut. And if you only look at a last click model, you may only see things that, well, you'll be missing what led them to that journey, which goes back to that age old question, where did they start and how did they get there? 
Right? You can't miss all those in-between points of how, where they started and where they ended. Because you may cut something or, you know, going back to that aspect of finance wanting to find places to save money on the marketing mix. Well, you got to look at the whole picture. If you, if you have all of those data points and you are in a position where you do need to cut spending, you should be coming to finance saying, hey, these things we're finding, these are not working. Like, we can cut these. These are working really well. We have our... You know, a lot of people, a lot of self-reported attribution for that. A lot of, you know, our incrementality tests are showing us this. Um, you know, you can have those bulleted data points to support it. But, I mean, I would, I would never provide finance with a, oh, here are all of our marketing campaigns and here's how they were uh, attributed last click. Why don't you choose where to cut? For sure, because that's, I mean, that's, I mean, quite frankly, that's how you run a company into the ground. But don't disagree with I've seen you. It done. Now, James, I'm going to ask you a question, and I know how you feel about this question. I want you to take a deep breath, find your happy place, imagine yourself back on the river, fishing pole in hand. Why doesn't Google match HubSpot, Marketo, Eloqua? Why? Because it's different technology. But James, it's all the same thing. It's not. Yeah, this is a this is a question that we get all the time, and quite frankly, I'm tired of trying to see try, tired of seeing marketing teams chase the answer to this question. Oh, hey, like we've gotten this many leads from this, and HubSpot's only saying this. <laughs> it's like, well, that's you know, don't get me wrong; they should. To, to a point, they should be fairly close to each other if you are looking at a last-click attribution model that follows whatever the attribution model is that you set up in HubSpot. But, like I said, we don't look at our data that way. HubSpot is very much last-click, and they're tracking different user interactions, and they're looking at an individual user where ad platforms are using cookies, device IDs, uh, flocking. Like, I mean, there's a million, there's a, a million different pieces of modeling technology out there that's, uh, that's assigning attribution to things. And, and quite frankly, they will never match. This is why you use them for what they're good for. Um, you know, as long as they're close enough, everyone should be happy. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that people have to be okay with. Instead of instead of not being willing to report anything out because there's a twenty percent difference between HubSpot opportunities and leads, I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that happens in in Google Ads. Sometimes conversion double fire because of some weird technical nuance. There's uh, duplicate leads that come through. I mean, there's a lot. Like again. It's HubSpot's great for telling you whether or not there's quality of leads. And I, I would never try to, again, it goes back to, I would never try to take credit because all I care about is the bottom line of the business and what's working and what's not working. Um, but yeah, stop, stop, stop fighting and try to make a match. For sure. A lot of this comes from as well. Internal departments are fighting for, Right. The demand gen team, organic team, the sales team, they all want an answer, right? They want to look like the hero at the end of the day. Who led to this $100,000 sale? Right? Who brought in that revenue? But sometimes it's not as easy as just to say, I did, and raise your hand. Sometimes it really is, back to that old motivation poster, you know, black background with a cat or something. One team, one dream. Right? All work for the same company. At the end of the day, all of your efforts should be attributing in some level. Now, sometimes through these different attribution models, maybe there is a department or a team that isn't leading the part of it. Right? And that's an optimization aspect that you can take back to the team of how do we make this? What are we missing? At the end of the day, what's the goal? The goal is the sale. Let's just celebrate the win, right? 
as a company, let's just celebrate that we landed the next Tesla. Absolutely. It's the one thing I'll add here is I understand why there is the fight for credit. I understand like, and this, it ends up being the fact that like, it's how employees are paid at a company, honestly. Uh, right. Like sales team wants credit for something. If they have a outbound opportunity because it affects how they get paid and marketing people are usually on salary and there is no incentive. And I get the, the problem there. I think a big thing that needs to change with marketing teams because the, the the argument that you always get from sales is like, these leads aren't quality. You're mm-hmm. wasting my time with these MQLs, which is quite frankly true. But the marketing team needs to care a little bit more, needs to care a little bit more about quality, needs to care about what is driving a sale at the end of the day rather than just wiping wiping your hands clean of something like, oh, well, we drove this many leads. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, 80 of them are from Nigeria and they're all robots, yep. right? Um, quit wasting, like quit, quit wasting the sales team's time. And that's why, you know, both teams have to be bought into revenue targets. Both teams need to be held responsible for those revenue targets. And, you know, you should be working towards the common goal. And like you said, celebrating the win together. Absolutely. So we've talked about different software. Of course, we've talked about the channels themselves. Is there a level of what are the flaws with attribute? You've mentioned quite a few of them. Cookies, the different types of attribution, um, you know, channels overstating their attribution or their purpose. Um, what are some other thaws, flaws, flaws that you tend to also see? Getting back to more of the nitty gritty, it often comes down to the technology. Let me put it this way: you should always have built into your marketing team somebody who has a very clear understanding of how this technology works and how to structure your website and your tracking in a way where it is as accurate as possible. I I think there's a position where you have to let marketing, like marketing decision makers should be able to go in and understand and know that they're looking at accurate data in whatever attribution model that they're looking at. One of the things that comes up more often than not is like, oh, well, you know, we built this XYZ into an iframe, which is untrackable. And then, well, this takes you off site. So the cookies drop here and, you know, we don't have cross domain tracking. There's, there's just like all these technical nuances that go into pixels and tracking that get in the way and having somebody, you know, responsible for checking and making sure that all that stuff is accurate at all times is like really important because it's also a completely different, it is a bit of a different skill set. You know, you're looking for somebody who's more of an analyst, more of a technical guru, maybe somebody from like the web development side versus, um, you know, somebody who really just needs to look at accurate data to make decisions. Because again, jumping into those flaws and exactly like cookies, cookies going away yep. is a huge issue. Um, stuff that happens where you will go on and off your website is an issue. They all use different technology too. Um being like a major flaw, like we we work a lot with Roku and yep. they have these proprietary device IDs. They also have their um, their owned data set of Roku users, devices, stuff that they track through the TV. And they're trying to match that up with user IDs and device IDs from, uh, you know, what's the device ID for Zach's eight devices that they use. And then they track back to a user at yep. the end of the day really cool technology where like Google ads is heavily pixel based and uh, Facebook has their own proprietary data too. your, your Facebook account. Google has your Google account and each of these tracking tools each have their own proprietary data set. And some of them are better than others. Quite frankly, right now I think Facebook's is better than Google. Like if you look at, if you run retargeting in Google and retargeting on, um, 
Facebook and it's the same, <laughs> the same campaign, same strategy, targeting the same people, Facebook tar- attributes 10 times more view through attribution than what Google does. Well, I don't know why, because I think Facebook's proprietary data set is better than what Google's is. I don't think that, I mean, do I think Google display sucks? Yeah, kind of, but, um, that's a whole (laughs) nother topic. Yeah, it's, but it's not, my point being is that it's not that much worse than Google where you're going to have, Oh, we have zero attribution for Google retargeting, but we have all this attribution for Facebook. It's, it's different. They're using a different data set and it doesn't, do I think Facebook works better than Google? Yes. But I also think that the data is highly flawed when you're making that decision. Um, so that you just got to know that stuff and think that stuff through as you're putting your strategy together. Cause there are, there are lots of flaws in the technology that will never be fixed. hundred percent. So I know we've kind of talked about this uh, and we've made mention of this, but is there a right one? And at the end of the day, we've been saying this entire time, there isn't a golden truth. There is no attribution model that perfect right answer, right? Um, but there are ones that are better for different industries, different company sizes. So if we were to give some sort of educational recommendation, right? Going back to kind of why we started this, you know, let's just say the small business. Let's say small business e-commerce. What should they look at? Where should they start? Yeah, the the biggest recommendation that I can make is make sure whatever attribution models you're using, they're set up with large enough windows to capture your sales cycle. There is a, just again, because I feel like this is a very common mistake where that comes from the last click mentality where they want to know the shortest, like what happened most recent, what happened the shortest. And I, I think that it's just, it's a very short-sighted way of looking at things, and you should really open up your attribution models as wide as as wide as wide you can that fits your sales cycle. Again, if you're a B2B company and you have a two-year sales cycle, like you should have your attribution windows as wide as they can possibly go because nothing is ever going to match what your business model is versus an e-commerce store. Like I would always have at least a, a 30-day window because when people get paid is different when pe- like you know some people get paid bi-weekly some people get paid weekly like and you know if you're going to make an impulse decision a lot of seasonality is based on that um you know you have to you have to think about who your customers and what their buying cycle is and then match your attribution model to that and then again use all of the tools that you have available to you to make decisions depending on what the decision you're trying to make is sure so Let's let's kind of bring this to close. We were to sum this all up, everything we're talking about. What are the top three recommendations? Any organization, someone who maybe comes to us saying, Zach James, help, I'm playing, what do I do? They're on their knees, toss us a quarter, whatever they do. <laughs> they need help. I think the first one, and you've made mention of this multiple times. Use the tools for what they're good for. Stop fighting over attributes. HubSpot's good at one thing. Facebook's good at another. Google's good at another. Yeah, we have our preferences, and James has said that he prefers Facebook. I'll agree with that being a social guy. I think Facebook is spot on with their pixel and tracking. But don't try and make things align that are never going to. Use the tools in front of you for how they should be used, how they were designed. What's another one you would get? Just because you can't attribute it doesn't mean that it's not working. And it's okay not to be able to attribute something. Sometimes you'll find that some of your best marketing activities cannot be attributed. And I think that you know there are things like self-reported attribution and things that you can do to try to figure out what that stuff is. But again, don't... <laughs> Don't rely on the attribution software to be the be-all and all of your marketing strategy. If you're listening to this podcast right now, nobody is ever going to be able to track that. I'm sure Spotify on some level. But yeah, but they're not going to tell. They're not going to give gonna... us that information. No. Yeah. 
that goes into kind of this last recommendation. Don't let attribution software really control your budget. Yeah, branded search is probably going to be pretty high up there on what's doing well. But it doesn't mean you should funnel all of your budget into branded search. Make sure you are looking at all aspects of the journey. Where did they start? Where did they end? And how in the hell did they get there? Point A to point B is not always a straight path. Sometimes there's a lot of curves that go around the mountain. You need to understand how they got there, why they got there, and potentially where they're going. And that can honestly help every department. Where they started, that helps your marketing team. How they got there, that helps your marketing team, your organic team, your UX team. Where are they going? That helps your sales team and how they pivot their conversation. At the end of the day, if you were to sum up all these recommendations, one team, one dream, and there's no right or wrong answer on attribution. That should be a motivation post. Actually, you know what? We're going to create a merchandise store. We're going to sell motivation posts. One team, one dream t-shirts. One team. Sales one and marketing. There you go. Sales plus marketing, one dream, one team. <laughs> I, love I like it. it. I bet we could sell those. I bet we could too. You know Let's what? store. We'll start the store. Stay tuned. It'll be it'll be in the comments if we actually do this thing. All right. Well, are there any final notes, James, that you feel we haven't touched on regarding this? Again, this is an interesting one because we don't necessarily have a right or wrong answer, or at least a you know an opinion that someone might officially hate or <laughs> agree with wholly. Right? We're we're kind of in the middle of it exists. So. Um, anything that you feel we've missed? No, you can go to digitalbanter.com and get your one dream, one team marketing plus sales t-shirts. They'll oh be, uh, I think $28.99. $28.99. And we're going to use HubSpot and we're only going to look at click through. So don't even bother clicking through blogs. We, we want to see the, the last click. We're just going to assume it. you started here. Yep. Anything. Yeah, definitely. Branded search, one dream, one tree. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much again for joining James and I on this interesting conversation. We look forward to potentially seeing the comments or hearing from you, but we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Digital Banter. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are uploaded every Friday. In the meantime, keep up with the show by following James and Zach on social media. Links are in the show notes.